lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. Our final day before we take a little summer vacay. Nevertheless, we will have our normal Wednesday festivities, the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Daniel Horowitz is going to be joining us later on, and we're going to talk about why 20% is a key number that literally the future of society may depend on. No pressure. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, also, our favorite game of buy, sell, or hold coming your way as well. We always love to play that. 888-900-3393 is the number here on the Steve Day Show. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email us. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Parlor at Steve Dace. And then you can also uh, check out our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Again, that is youtube.com slash Steve Dace. You know, what's the number one sign of a bad home security system? How about the one that you like never use? And that's exactly the type of home security system that Simply Safe has spent a decade competing and fighting against because they believe that simple is safer. How simple is Simply Safe? Even I was able to hook this up in about five minutes. That's right. Send me all your complicated philosophical questions, and we will spend untold minutes on this show unraveling them as only a host who barely made it out of community college alive is capable. But ask me to assemble anything. That's the sound of me tapping out. Until Simply Safe came along. It, I had to test this. Is it really so simple? then I could assemble this. And the answer is yes. We had it together in about five minutes. It's designed for even people like me, and it gives you protection for your home 24-7, including surveillance. You can order it online at the click of the button, open the box, place the sensors, and you are good to go. No long-term punitive contracts, no technician in your home for hours setting it up. This is all why Simply Safe was voted best overall home security system of 2020 by U.S. News and World Report. So if you want to give it a shot right now, how about free shipping and 60-day money-back guarantee? Free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee when you go to simplysafe.com slash truthbombs. It's S-I-M-P-L-I, by the way. Simplysafe.com slash truthbombs. Here's Aaron with a rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by night two of the Democratic National Convention. Jill Biden, wife of the presumptive nominee, spoke and earned glowing reviews from across the political spectrum. With Joe as president, these classrooms will ring out with laughter and possibility once again. The burdens we carry are heavy and we need someone with strong shoulders. I know that if we entrust this nation to Joe, he will do for your family what he did for ours. The UK Daily Mail obtained and published photographs of former President Bill Clinton receiving a massage from one of the victims of the deceased pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, then 22-year-old Shante Davies. The photograph was purportedly taken after Clinton flew on Epstein's jet on a humanitarian mission to Africa back in 2002. That didn't stop Clinton from speaking at last night's convention. At a time like this, the Oval Office should be a command center. 
Instead, it's a storm center. There's only chaos. Just one thing never changes. His determination to deny responsibility and shift the blame. In other news, Laura Loomer, the activist who's been deplatformed multiple times by big tech, won her Republican primary in Florida's 21st congressional district last night. She'll take on incumbent Democrat Lois Frankel, who won that district with more than 60% of the vote in 2016. In Redding, California, a concerned citizen named Carlos Picada showed up to a recent city council meeting to voice his displeasure with his community's response to coronavirus. His comments went viral. I don't blame you for wearing masks because I'd be hiding my face too if I was you. You know, you guys can sit here with your jobs, you can sit here and you're going to get paid, you can fall asleep in your chair like that gentleman's doing behind his mask right there. I'm telling you right now that right now we're being peaceful and and you better be happy that we're we're good citizens, that we're peaceful citizens, but it's not going to be peaceful much longer. I'm probably the only person that has a boss to say what I'm saying right now, that we're building, we're organizing, and we'll work with law enforcement or without law enforcement, but you won't stop us when time comes because our families are starving. And if you don't hear the seriousness of my voice, I hope you open your ears and you absolutely listen to what I'm saying. Because this is a warning for what's coming. I've been in combat and I never want to go back again. But I'm telling you what, I will to save this country. If it has to be against our own citizens, it will happen. And there's a million people like me and you won't stop us. Open the county. Let our citizens do what they need to do. Let owners of businesses do what they need to do to feed their families. Take the masks off. Quit masking and muzzling your children. The psychological damage you're doing to them is horrible. I've had six friends kill themselves since it's happened. Veterans who lost their jobs. How do you feel about being complicit in perpetuating that? The greatest hoax ever perpetuated on the American people. And you're part of it by wearing your masks. In Shasta County, we're supposed to be red country up here. Not blue country, we're red country up here. Dr. Deborah Burks of the White House Coronavirus Task Force says she has some regrets about the way America locked down. I wish that when we went into lockdown, we looked like Italy. But when Italy locked down, I mean, people weren't allowed out of their houses and they couldn't come out but once every two weeks to buy groceries for one hour and they had to have a certificate that said they were allowed. Americans don't react well to that kind of prohibition. A new survey from Franklin Templeton Nordic shows the share of various age groups levels of worry about the virus compared with the share of those age groups in the death toll from the virus. 59% of those aged 18 to 24 say they are worried about the virus, though they make up merely 0.1% of the deaths. 67% of those aged 25 to 34 say they're worried with a 0.7% share of the deaths. 69% of those aged 35 to 44 say they're worried, despite making up 1.9% of the total deaths. 68% of those aged 45 to 54 are worried, 5% of the deaths. 70% of those aged 55 to 64 are worried, 12.2% of the deaths, and nearly 78% aged 65 plus are worried they make up 80% of the deaths. And according to the CDC and compiled by researcher Ian Miller, nationally, every pandemic or epidemic indicator was down last week. Deaths were down 10% week over week. Cases were down nearly 30% week over week. Hospitalizations were down nearly 10%. And positive percentage of tests were down 1.5%. And finally, we end the montage where we began with the Democratic National Convention. After Jill Biden's keynote speech was over, this happened. Hey everyone, I'm Jill Biden's husband. 
As you heard tonight, <coughs> excuse me, you can see why she's the love of my life. And that's what happened while we were away. Had you not seen that? No. I'm Joe Biden's husband. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Wow. Talk about stepping on an applause line, folks. That'll do it. Hey, here's something you may not know about your pet's food. We're going to tell you about Rough Greens Vitasmart, which sponsors Aaron's Montage today. You know why we're taking so many supplements nowadays? Because all the good stuff's been stripped out of our food. And that's why we got to take, uh, you know, the omega oils, antioxidants, uh, vitamin C, D, E, probiotics, prebiotics. We got to take all those supplements now because it's being stripped out of our food so that it will last on the shelf longer and be cheaper for us to buy. Same thing happens with our pets. All that stuff's gone from a lot of their pet foods, too. And that's where Rough Greens Vitasmart comes in. It is not a pet food. It is a dog food supplement. And you, it's just a powder you sprinkle on your pet's food. Apparently, it makes the food your pet loves already. Uh, love them it makes them love it even more our dog cap absolutely can't get enough of this stuff and it contains a massive amounts of all the good stuff missing from your pet's diet which helps to improve mobility joint health uh healthy skin and coat digestion if you want to see if you see uh, an improvement in your pet in two weeks or less go to roughgreens.com slash blaze that's r-u-f-f for roughgreens.com slash blaze, get the 14-day jumpstart challenge for just $14.95. R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. We have a surprise for you, Todd, in our overtime today. Really? We do. Uh, and uh, we're going to show you a video today and just get your in- that we're not going to tease, but we want to get your instant reaction to it. And then we're going to react to your reaction. Okay. It'd be my and, honor. And, and we set it aside for you. That's coming up today. Is that a good enough tease? Yeah. BlazeTV.com slash Dace is where you can go to watch the overtime later today. And that's also where you can go to get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV so that you don't miss it at BlazeTV.com slash Dace. When you go around the horn of 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 the the montage today, quickly on Laura Loomer, other than the crazy thing of trying to show that um, lefty elites have walls around their homes, but then scaling the wall herself, which kind of defeated the argument for Trump's wall, right? We pointed that out at the time. Sure. Do you guys know why she's like banned everywhere? She's not like one step away from the U.S. Congress. <laughs> Was there like a story or a hoax or something she got involved in? I don't know. I mean, if we're just going to ban people for loony stunts, Good Lord, no one's on social media anymore, okay? I mean, so is there something else she did that I'm just not aware of? I think it's like a common... She's also like a 9-11 truther, isn't she? I, I don't yeah, know. I, I think it's mostly mostly her associations. I mean, there was pictures last night. I, I believe they are from last night of her uh, celebrating with Roger Stone, celebrating with uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, who is still a thing, apparently. Uh, I think it's the associations that she okay. keeps that... Uh, are problematic. Okay. You mean unlike a former sitting president getting massages from a sex slave on Jeff with Jeffrey Epstein? Would that be a problematic? Would a major part mm-hmm. political party and and by the way, dude, dude, have a little self awareness, Bill? <laughs> dude, you turned the word humidor into a verb in the White House, bro. Okay. You turned the word humidor into a verb in the Oval Office. Bro. 
in the immortal words of the great prophet Jonah Hill and his beloved gif. Okay? I mean, I had- come now, sir. Actually, you did. And that's why you almost got impeached, bro. See, I okay, had like come on. Fifteen now. jokes written okay, out, come on, all of bro. which would have gotten us fired. Come so on, just... man. Come on, man. Come on. Okay. Seriously, Mister. It depends on what your definition of the word is. Is wants to talk about blame deflection. Uh, whatever. Okay. What? It's all out in the open now, man. It is. It's just out in the open. It and it and it was in the in the West Wing too. Um, Debbie Burks, go to hell, flat out. And no, save me your emails. No, no. In fact, it's too nice. There's people who committed suicide. People whose family businesses that that they spent generations building never coming back. Because of her lockdown fetish. People whose kids didn't get a prom or a graduation after years of work. Years. Even on a small front. Do you know the effort those players whose conferences have canceled in college football? The amount of effort that they put in their entire lives to, to just play a dozen games. How many workouts? How many practices? gone can't get those moments back how many people didn't get treated for cancer heart disease because of her lockdown fetish that are going at some point here in the next few weeks and months get some really really bad news about why we urge early detection of these things no 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 go to hell ain't mean enough ain't mean enough italy by the way whose lockdown she's slobbering over. I just checked five minutes ago. Italy still has a worse mortality rate for COVID-19 than both the United States and Sweden. Italy does. Despite their glorious lockdown. Their mortality rate still worse than ours. Still worse than ours. Still worse than Sweden's whose epidemiological curve is over now. Over. No, 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 no. If you're going to preach the doctrines of demons, then go to hell. Hey, you reap what you sow, quack. You deserve it. You earned it. That's your wage. You have worked hard for it. Go to hell. Seriously. Just go straight to hell. That guy in Redding, California, whether you agree or disagree, the idea that you were just going to peaceably, I've been warning you for months, folks, in the history of this world and our species, there has never been a peaceable transfer of wealth, status, and property. Never. Never. And there never will be. There may be millions of Americans that are just fine handing over their liberties and freedoms in order to be pampered by the panic porn. And based on the numbers that Aaron had in the montage, that graphic of panic as it relates to the actual fear, legitimate fear of mortality 
of those age groups, the panic porn won. No other way to spin it. The panic porn won. But while there may be millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of Americans anxious to know what's on the other side of Ben Franklin's threat, a republic, if you can keep it. What's on the other side of that rainbow? There's still a lot of Americans. Not so much. Which group is most likely owning guns, do you think? By and large, the not-so-much group. And you can only push people so much before the rubber band snaps back. And when you have no answers, and the data doesn't justify what you're doing, you you almost create a self-fulfilling prophecy. Your own boxer rebellion, whiskey rebellion. That's what that is. And that's a guy saying, I fought for this country in combat. And I'll be damned if I came back here to put a burqa on my daughter's faces. And just bend the knee to the local warlords. Screw you. We own guns. We're not doing that. This ain't Yemen, Afghanistan, Iraq. Now, agree or disagree, <laughs> in anticipation we were going to get to points like this, that's one of the reasons why I've been doing what I've been doing for the last few months. I, you know, Despite the, the plethora of problems we have in this country, even in the midst of a pandemic, you can go home tonight and watch NBA, NHL playoff sports, Major League Baseball, and go to movie theaters in most places in this country. You know what I'm trying to say? This, Despite the systemic issues we have, this is still a pretty good cotton-picking place to live, is it not? Don't you think? What? Yes. What, Todd, what are you doing this weekend? If it's not a great place to live, what are you doing? What, what internment camp are but, you visiting this weekend? This is my point about how lucky we have been in Iowa. Yeah. I mean, where he's been in, and he's talking about... But he's in a county that Donald Trump won by 38 points in 2016, by the way, in Northern California. I went and looked it up. 38 points is what Donald Trump won that county by. Hillary Clinton got less than 30% of the vote in Shasta County, California. There's a... I would prefer this thing not unravel. Because if, if people do what he is proposing, it will unravel. But if you push people to a point where they feel as if they have no voice, if they don't do that, then they'll count the cost and say, so let me get this straight. The deal is, burqa on my daughter's faces, my business is closed, and I can't go anywhere, then you've left me no choice at that point. You've pushed me to the point now where if I count the cost, I really don't have, I'm not really losing much. Yeah, here in Iowa... We'd kind of like to not see those things unravel. We got people from all over the country coming here to play high school sporting and AEU and, and youth sporting events, right? Mm-hmm. We would kind of like not to see you know systemic civil unrest in Iowa where we're basically free. But that's not the case in lots of other places around the country, right? Is that what you were going to say? Yeah. And so if you push those people to the point that they think this is the only option they have, 
That's why I'm so upset at John Roberts. It goes beyond jurisprudence and disagreement over legal philosophy or even constitutional interpretation. He is nullifying elections. You keep doing that to people, and especially when you keep doing it to the people who own the guns. At some point, do you even history, bro? How did we form a country? The Redcoats kept doing it to the people who own the guns. And eventually they just said, okay, load the muskets. That's the only chance we have. We're not sending another envoy, another delegation across the Atlantic just to be ignored. So see it, Lexington and Concord. That's what happened. Uh, so, and I think to some extent that's what the parents of the Big Ten football players are doing right here. For how long have the experts told parents yes. to stay in their lane? Yes, let us do our job, and they're all saying. So they're basically marching on the Big Ten offices yeah. on Friday. Is yeah. the plan? Yeah, like we had we had a contract, and and you guys are not honoring this that's contract, right. or at least a, at least a social compact of some kind. Yes, yes. You know that is a great segue to something I wanted to mention on the show today. I had an epiphany while I was working out. Finally. Aaron, Aaron's been dying for this. All right. Because I was teasing these guys. Hey, make sure I bring this up tonight, today in the opening segment of the show. I had an epiphany. And, and, it, and, I, and I got it at the gym when I was listening to a college sports show talk about the Big 12 presidents were briefed, reportedly briefed, the, the, the school presidents in the Big 12 were reportedly briefed by the head of genetic cardiology at Mayo Clinic. Now, is that a hospital of some renown? A little bit. A little bit. It, it, it's arguably the most decorated, important hospital in the United States of America. It certainly is in that conversation. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's, it's where other hospitals send their hard luck cases that they don't have answers for. I remember taking my mom up there several years ago. That was the only place they thought there was any chance that the operation that severed the nerve in her neck that caused her to be disabled, that that could possibly be repaired so she could return to a full normal life and work. That was the place they sent her to. That was the only place they thought could maybe do it. So the Big 12 school presidents were briefed yesterday by Michael, Dr. Michael Ackerman. He's the head of genetic cardiology at Mayo. And they wanted a briefing from him on myocarditis. That's the inflammation of the heart that was mentioned in a recent uh, a JAMA article, Journal of American, uh, the Journal of the American Medical Association, back at the end of July. And there is some talk that the Big Ten used this as their justification to cancel, except we don't know that because the Big Ten's not telling us this. Okay. But, but it's what it's leaked to some of its mouthpieces in the media uh, off the record. And as I was listening to the fact that, is Minnesota in the Big 12 conference footprint? Forgive me, is it? No. No. It's what? another conference. I yeah, what, what is, 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 it, is Minnesota in another conference's footprint, I'm thinking? Uh, Mac? No. It? Oh, it's the... Is there like a big, university uh, Minnesota, maybe? And is Rochester, Minnesota, where Mayo is? I mean, is it like seven hours away from the University of Minnesota's oh, yeah. location? No. No, not really. No, it's pretty close, actually. No. Yeah. So, somehow, Dr. Michael Ackerman at Mayo Clinic, Mayo Clinic, can get an audience with athletic directors in Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, 
in Texas. Um, but he but he can't get one. Well, I guess Missouri's not in the Big 12 anymore. But he can't get one in the Big 10. All right? And as I was listening to this, oh, I, I, literally, a, a, a light shone upon me in the middle of my set at the gym. From the beginning of, of this debacle, panic, porn, scamdemic, etc., where the, the virus is real, but the panic porn and much of the media that you have been that you have been uh, inundated with these last six months is fake news. It's a hoax. The 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 panic is a hoax. It's a, that part's a hoax, and we've proven it on this show over and over and over again. But how did we do so? Did we go out there and do our own genetic studies? No. Did we do our own epidemiological surveys? Did we conduct our own antibody studies? None of the above. Did 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 we actually did we actually manufacture any original data at all since the middle of March? Now five full months of this. Have we? Are we responsible for one unique data point this entire time? And I don't know that anybody has written or or done as much about this. There's people that have done as much, like our good friend Daniel that will join us later. But I don't know anybody in American media that has done more work than we have. Several have done as much, but I don't know anybody's done more. Have we created one unique data point? One time? Not to my knowledge. No. Not ex nihilo. Which meant if, if we didn't create a unique data point, that meant we had to get data from where? Other sources. If, if we didn't create the data, we didn't actually go out there and do antibody studies, for example. That meant we had to get the data from the people who did, right? Of course. And for the last five months, we have marveled at how many experts from Stanford to Oxford, uh, right on down the line. Michael Levitt, who is a Nobel Prize winner, who was laughed at. When he said, when you look at the epidemiological curve, I think you're going to see these, this pandemic is over at the end of August. Well, I don't know if it's going to end by the end of August, but by golly, if you start looking at the epidemiological curve nationwide, I mean, it certainly seems like it's heading to some kind of a, of a, of a fall if you look at where we're at as a country right now, right? Right. I mean, our current, our current ER rate is what, 1.8% we told you as of yesterday. I don't know what the updated number is. And that's a fall from just 3%. We Remember we thought 3% last week was really low? Wow, only 3% of ER visits in America for COVID. That was last week. It's down to 1.8% in a week. That certainly seems like a flattening curve to you, doesn't it? Of course. Not? Yeah. You know what's happened here? And we kept wondering, why has the Trump administration just surrendered to one particular batch of experts? How come they didn't do what anyone would do when you get a terrible diagnosis? You're immediately going to want to get what? Second a opinion. second opinion. They never did. We never went outside the Birchie, the, the, the my Here. bad, Freudian slip, <laughs> the Fauci Burks IHME axis. We never went outside of that. We sat here for months. Why doesn't a guy like Scott Atlas, isn't he at the White House? How come Sanjay Gupta, uh, at, at, or I'm sorry, Sunitra Gupta, that's a different quack, Sunitra Gupta at, at Oxford, how come she's not smart enough to talk to the White House? She is at friggin' Oxford, number one university in the world, according to world university rankings. And even when Atlas does show up, now Burks is out there saying her most absurd yes, thing yet. Yes, yes. 
And so we just, we, we kept lining up all these experts and we're like, we don't know which experts are right. How about that we put them in a room and find out, let them have at it. Let's hear their arguments. How many times have we asked this? How many times have we itemized these experts, right? How come they're not being listened to? See, what's happened in college football is the other conferences did what we could never get the Trump administration to do. They went out and got Michael Ackerman. They went out and got Cameron Wolf at Duke University. They went out and got their own experts. They went out and got a second opinion. See, they're actually having a debate. They're actually searching for the data. What's the truth actually say? What is it? What is it? Is it safe or is it not? In Ohio right now, your kid can play high school football. Your kid can play college football at Cincinnati. Your kid can play pro football for the Bengals and the Browns, but can't play college football for Ohio State. What the hell sense does that make, by the way? Which has a renowned medical school, by the way. What sense? It makes none. 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 Which is why, to me, overturning this Big Ten decision, it's a big deal for football, but it's so much more important than that. It's I about agree. reality. I agree. What happened is these other conferences did what the White House didn't do for months. That's my epiphany. They went out and got experts with different opinions. And look how that has fractured the debate. Look how it's emboldened some parts of the country to go forward. And other parts of the country are now cowering because they don't have data to back up their, fo- their, 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 peer, their, their fear porn. What would this have ha- what this country look like right now if the White House had done this for the last four months, what the Big 12, SEC, and ACC are doing? You know, we've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown at the most successful portfolios, you're typically going to see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't one of the first asset classes you would consider? uh, Why wouldn't that be one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Simple is it hasn't been available to investors like uh, you and me until now. Thanks to Fundrise. Uh, they make it easier for all investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. So whether you're just starting to invest in real estate or you're looking to add more, our friends over at Fundrise have you covered uh, because it's an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. Like This is kind of like the, the day trader of real estate, uh, if you will. Uh, and to date, Fundrise manages more than a billion dollars in assets for over 130,000 investors. So this is not some startup that they've got a proven track record of clients. And they've been doing this since 2014. And their team of real estate professionals carefully vet and actively manage all of their real estate projects. So uh, if this is something that you want to get involved in, you can start building your better portfolio today. Get started at Fundrise.com slash Dace. That's D. E-A-C-E, fundrise.com slash dace for your first 90 days of advisory fees are waived. All right. That's fundrise.com slash dace to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived at fundrise.com slash dace. Before we get to buy, sell, or hold, I want to put a bow on the point that I just made. What's happening here is the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 are creating an alternative data set to panic porn. 
That's what's happening. They're not doing this themselves. They found credible counter experts. If the guy, if the guy that's, that, that's overseeing genetic cardiology at Mayo, if he's a quack, get thee to a nunnery. Get him out of there, right? If that guy's dead wrong, get him out. One of the leading cardiologists at the University of Michigan, probably the highest rated med school in the entire Big Ten Conference. He called BS on this. Get rid of these people then, if they're liars. But what shouldn't we find out? See, that's what's bothered a lot of us. What's bothered a lot of us is, well, we didn't want, you know, we don't want an answer on whether hydroxychloroquine works or not. Oh, here, here's our study from The Lancet that shows it doesn't, and it's dangerous, which they, of course, then had to retract and was uh, totally bogus and a crock. Oh, look, here's some doctors that say that it does. B- ban them. They, they, can't, they, they can't be anywhere on social media. Look, the FDA says the drug is dangerous, but we're sending, what is it, 180,000 doses or whatever to Brazil to help them fight their like pandemic? Two million or something. Two million. Oh, it's way more than that. My bad. Okay. See what I mean? Yeah. I'm fine with what the truth is. I really am. I am okay with it. Look at me. Do I not look like a man that has had to accept some unfortunate truths over the years? Okay. I'm fine with it, guys. I'm totally cool with whatever the truth is. I just want to know what it is. That's all. Just tell me what it is. Show me what it is. If it's not convenient to me. I waited 40 years for a Justice League movie. Only to have them stab me right in the manlies when they made one. I handled disappointment well. I just need to know what the truth is. Just, just show me what it is. That's all that I'm asking. The, these other conferences are doing what the White House and your Republican governors never did this whole time. That's why they could never get outside the bubble of the fear and the panic porn. Because they didn't have an alternative stream of information. The reason people are flocking to this show the last few months, because what have we created? Not any data. We didn't create a single data point, did we? But we did create an alternative stream of information where you could go get real information in one source. That we did. But the fact that we were able to do it indicates that there's lots of this data out there if you're only interested in looking. You don't think Debbie Burks can't go on Worldometer or Johns Hopkins and just go on herself and find out what deaths per million are in Italy compared to the rest of the world? Hell yeah, she can. And so can all of you. She's a fraud. It's either she's personally corrupt or she's corrupted by a model that she just is, is she's turned into her own idol. And I don't frankly care which it is, but get her the hell off my television set. She's a quack. She's advocating that we emulate a country that was much worse off than us and way more worse off than Sweden where the pandemic is over which she won't even acknowledge. So no, go to hell isn't mean. It ain't mean enough. It's why there's a hell, folks. It was created for people who do things like this to other people. You had a suicide note from a loved one? Mail it to Debbie Burks. She contributed to it. In fact, she seems proud of it based on that video we just showed. She might actually want to read her fan mail. 
these other conferences did what we begged this White House to do for months. They've gone out and done it. And now what you're seeing is the market forces are now are now coalescing now. A whole bunch of media that were all Corona bros for months suddenly seem much more humble, don't they? Much quieter. Because Pete Thamel may hate him some Donald Trump, but he knows he looks like a fool arguing against the head of genetic cardiology at the flipping Mayo Clinic. Our white, this White House could have done this this entire time. We'd be months beyond where we are right now. If they had picked this fight months ago, hell, we'd be way beyond if they had just done it weeks ago. Just weeks ago. Like July 1st. The odds we're going to see college football this fall have gone up. They've gone up since the most lucrative conference canceled their season. Now, how did that occur? Because the other conferences are like, dude, those are massive paydays. And nobody's, nobody's sending us a bailout if we don't figure out a way to play. But we got to know, is it safe to play? So we got to go find some counter experts. Here, let me give you, do you want some counter experts? I'll give you one. Do you think any college football program in America cares more about its student athletes than West Point does? A single one of them. Name one. You know, West Point, where MacArthur and Eisenhower came from. You know, two of the guys that saved Western civilization. Is there a single college football program that cares more about their student-athletes than West Point does? I'm guessing the answer is no. Because they are nurturing the next generation of generals, folks. The next generation of your generals are on that football team. Army went out in the last month and put together an entire schedule to play this fall on the fly. Army and Navy have already said, hey, if all of college football gets canceled, we're playing the Army and Navy game. That's happening. Do you think that West Point would risk the next generation of generals? Some member of the some future member of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is probably on that football team right now. We just don't know yet. Won't know for 30 more years. Do you think that if they thought that guy has the raw talent to lead the U.S. military in the time to come, why would we risk that on a stupid college football game and just let the virus over a virus? Would they do that? No, they would not. Yes, I I am sure. I'm sure the athletic department at Oregon State cares more about its student-athletes than freaking West Point does. Come on. And so now what's happened is these other leagues have gone out and, and acquired an alternative stream of information. They've got experts to counter experts. And it's been funny now. I had to stop listening to a lot of my favorite college football shows because it wasn't even their fault in many cases. They actually wanted the season to happen, but all the information they were getting was bad. So if all the information you're getting is bad, you don't, you're not qualified to argue against it. You're just going by bad information and saying, guys, I don't think we're going to have a season. And it's been funny now. Now that, now that Mayo Clinic exists and all these other places, Duke University, ever since they brought out all their counter experts, these shows have all changed their tune. Now they're all excited because now they feel like it's safe to want football to return. They don't look like they're single-celled organisms who don't care about the player's safety because they got a counter group of experts telling them that it's okay. 
At least right now, that may change. Who knows? But right now, it's okay. See how that changed the whole conversation? And now the Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference, which probably has, amongst any conference serious about playing college football, Pac-12 would be really close. The best collection of medical schools in its entire conference is now suddenly besieged and cornered with no data to show. Their bluff has been called. Okay, you guys say you've got documentation that the panic porn is good. We're calling your hand. Let's see what you got. Commissioner of the SEC is like, boy, I'd love to see what they have. In fact, the Big Ten's medical evidence is so damning and so overwhelming that its commissioner, Kevin Warren, his son went to practice in the SEC at Mississippi State yesterday. As far as we know, it's going to be there today. That's how damning their medical advice is that Kevin Warren's own son is playing college football in another conference right now. See, the bluff's been called. We called the bluff on this show, but I'm not Stanford. I'm not Oxford. I can bring those people to you. I'm also, though, not the White House. I don't have the bully pulpit of a White House. I don't have a bully pulpit of the Southeastern Conference or the Atlantic Coast Conference or the Big 12 Conference. They have a pulpit, though. And look how the debate has changed since they have used their pulpits to create an alternative stream of information. The whole debate in college sports has changed. If you don't follow sports media, I can't even describe to you what has occurred. These Corona bros could not have been haughtier. They are tail tucked between legs right now on the run. Because real experts with real data and real data are speaking up. And they've got a platform now. They can just ignore Clay Travis. God bless him. He's doing the Lord's work. But they can just ignore him as an outlier, an annoyance. Right? He's in his own ecosystem. But when the commissioner of the Big 12, Bob Bowlesby, says, all right, and we're now going to hear from Michael Ackerman at Mayo Clinic. Can't ignore him. Like, they can ignore the Steve Day show. They can ignore Daniel Horowitz's podcast, Jordan Schachtel's work. They can ignore Alex Berenson if they want, no matter how many columns he writes at Fox News. They can just say, well, that's Fox News and ignore us. They can't ignore it, though, when the president of the United States says, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Scott Atlas at Stanford University. And it's not August 13th. It's April or May 13th. They can't ignore that. And look how the debate has changed. It's flipped a switch overnight. Now, the Big 12s, the Big 10s now got player families jumping on planes to meet each other and basically storm the Bastille of the conference headquarters come Friday. The commissioner, who couldn't do enough interviews to, to announce their, his schedule last week, is hiding in plain sight right now. School presidents don't want to go on the record. An athletic director at Penn State says, I'm not sure they ever took a vote, actually. Everybody's just looking, hey, dude, wasn't me. That's what everybody's doing right now. They're all on the run right now. Why? Data wins. You know why I love data so much? Because data always wins. That's why. The data wins. And I like winning. I love it, in fact. Love it more than almost anything in this world. Winning. And data always wins. And these other conferences are bringing you the data. Suddenly now, North Carolina's like, you know, maybe we should do a bubble. 
we'll send the students back home and just keep the athletes up here. I mean, we have the athletes up here practicing for bowl games during Christmas break when the students are gone, right? We we have the athletes up here over Thanksgiving break when it's rivalry weekend and the students are gone. We have the athletes up here all summer long getting ready for the season when the athletes or the students are gone. We'll just, we'll just send the, the students home then. Keep the athletes here. They got all kinds of cover now. It was going to it was going to be a big scandal in May. I mean, the media was like, "Well, these aren't yeah, yeah these aren't student athletes. If you make them uh, in a bubble, then they're like pros and stuff." But now they've got all the data that shows that they can move forward, and the detractors are scurrying because data wins, folks. It always wins. It's undefeated, provided it gets to see the light of day. You've heard me say this before. What's the difference between John Wycliffe and Martin Luther? Dude, your boys wanted to kill Martin Luther too, did they not? Sure. Yeah, they had a, they had a kill order out. The problem was, though, by the time they could get there, um, he had used Gutenberg's printing press to send his missives all over the civilized world. All of Europe was reading his stuff. So even if even if you do him like you did Jean Wycliffe, you burn him at the stake and then burn up his bring up his ashes and burn up burn those too. It doesn't matter now. It doesn't matter because his information's in people's hands. It's out in the open. It came to light. Data always wins, provided it's given a platform. And if 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 Donald Trump does not win this re-election in 74 days, it's going to be because he turned over the most powerful bully pulpit on planet Earth to a fraud, if not a fiend in Anthony Fauci, and a complete and total quack in Debbie Burks. And never created an alternative data set and allowed his presidency and this country to be held hostage on junk science, flat earth voodoo garbage. That'll be why. It won't be because of the media. It won't be because of the deep state. It'll be because of the dumb state. That's why. He already beat all these people. He already beat all their investigations, beat their impeachment. He beat them all. And then turned right around and just took whole cloth. Maybe you do it in March. You don't know any better. It's a unique situation. Fine. Explain then April, May, June, July. Explain that to me. Look what happens when people with a major platform bring the data to light. You're seeing it right now in college football. That was my epiphany. We're seeing in college football how the Pac-12 suddenly so confident last week. Silence. Big Ten facing open player revolt. Star player was on Good Morning America calling you all a bunch of a-holes this morning. Great branding. Great branding. How do we get here? They don't have the data. You just learned from college football the panic porn peddlers don't have the data. If they did, you'd be seeing it right now. They don't. The data's on sanity side. That's why I've been on the side of sanity the whole time because I've just followed the data. That's all. And the White House and this president should have done this for the last five months. More in a moment. And we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. 
I'm Steve Dace, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. If you're a podcast listener and we want to give you a shout out, say thank you. If you haven't done so yet, please hit that subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. Those definitely help us to grow the program. And not to mention... The positive feedback pleases the benevolent overlords that we have down in Dallas at the Blaze. So thank you to all of you that have done those two things for us already. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. But let's get to one of our favorite segments of the week, brought to you by ScoreMaster. It is by Seller Hold. ScoreMaster was created by credit data scientists with one goal in mind. And that is to put you in control of your credit score. Why? Because an improved, better credit score can improve a lot of areas in your life. The ability to get a home loan, buy a car, refinance. How about even getting a job? A lot of employers are doing credit checks these days. And so ScoreMaster wants to make the process streamlined, less confusing. You know, those pages and pages and pages of credit reports that you don't understand what a lot of those words mean. They lay it out for you very simply. And in fact, the average ScoreMaster user, once empowered with that information, what was I just talking about? Data wins, right? You go to get a home loan and they they and you're and the lender says, Well, you know, looked at your credit report and I don't think you qualify. And they hand you the credit report and you don't know what half of that means. What happens though when the data comes to light? Well, here's what happens. The average score master user raises their credit score about 61 points in 20 days or less. Once you're empowered with Here's where my score is, why it's where it is, and how I get to where I want it to go. Now you can act on that information and you can enroll in minutes, see how many plus points that you can add to your credit score. You're going to be shocked at how fast you can do it when you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. So here's how Buy, Seller, Hold works. Aaron, with some help from his friends in the audience, all of you, uh, puts forth a series of statements, predictions. Todd, you and I will decide, are we buying that, selling it? Uh, and then because of the uncertainty of the era in which we live, we have removed, instead of locking people down, we're going to free people more up on this show. We have removed any limitations on holding. Unlimited holds. For the time being, until more certainty reigns, okay? Uh, we, we are seeing things and talking about things that if we had predicted them even a few weeks ago, we would have laughed, right? Of course. Okay, so hold is fully usable given the, the unprecedented times in which we live. Aaron. We'll start out with something a little bit different. Uh, we'll start with Nathan Cotis, who has a top 10 list of the top 10 socio-political news events of the 1980s. Uh, we'll start with number 10, the Chernobyl meltdown. Nine, assassination of Gandhi. Eight, Sandra Day O'Connor, or Sandra Day O'Connor appointed. Seven, Reagan election. The Iran hostage crisis ends. Six, Berlin Wall falls. Five, first artificial heart transplant. Four, launch of CNN. Three, release of Windows 1.0, two, first commercial cell phone release, and one, first personal computer released. I think that is an excellent list. When I first started it at 10, I'm like, Chernobyl's number 10. And then in terms of the, in terms of looking back at the consequences of all those. I mean, I, I think you, and Chernobyl certainly, uh, 
contributed to this. But I, I think if you're going to put the Berlin Wall falling and, and those sorts of things in there, I, 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 you have to put, and I don't know what you would take out, maybe the assassination of Gandhi, frankly. Um, I'd take that out and replace it with perestroika and the ascent to power of Mikhail Gorbachev. Because that was really the beginning of the end of the Soviet Union. That's when the Soviet Union recognized generationally it was on the wrong side of history and was trying to negotiate its out. Um, but the rest of that list, I'd have some things higher than others. But I don't, I don't disagree with a lot of it, other than I think you have to have some reference to perestroika, openness in the Soviet Union, um, Mikhail Gorbachev seizing power. Because you have to remember, when Reagan took over, he kept getting criticized for not meeting with the Soviet premier. And then his joke was, they keep dying on me. And he was right. Brezhnev died, Andropov died. Then who was the really chubby guy after Andropov? I don't even remember his name, who died. Um, he had like three of them die on him in just his first term, I think it was. Who did, which ones did you mention? Which names? Uh, Brezhnev died. Brezhnev and Andropov. Andropov died. And then there was like a chubby guy whose name escapes me that died. And maybe I'm, count, no. okay, I can't remember his name, but there were three of them that died. And then Korbachev took power. And I think that has to be mentioned somewhere in there. Um, and I think that's where we got, because because that's where you got to the fall of the Berlin Wall. That's where you got, was it the ICBM treaty? I think that was the one that, uh, was that the one that Gorbachev and, and Reagan signed at the end of the Reagan era? I believe so. Okay. I think there has to be, in fact, you know what I'm going to do? Um, I'm going to take out the assassination of Gandhi. I'm going to replace it with Reykjavik. And I'm going to, instead of Chernobyl, I'm going to put the ascension of Mikhail Gorbachev. Um, because Chernobyl to me is a symptom of, of why why Gorbachev was pushing openness with the West in the first place. Because internally, despite the propaganda we were seeing externally, internally, they were their infrastructure was falling apart. That Chernobyl, to me, is the symptom of, of the disease, not the, the disease itself. And the reason I'm going to put Reykjavik on your list, that is the, um, that's the first time that, uh, that Reagan and Gorbachev met was in Reykjavik, Iceland. They met face-to-face to discuss um, uh, a treaty. And um, Gorbachev threatened to walk unless Reagan agreed to not pursue what you know as Star Wars, but it, but it, its official name was the Strategic Defense Initiative, SDI. And it was the idea that we could create technology that would that would give us an edge in a nuclear exchange because we had anti-missile technology that could shoot down hostile missiles from the sky, basically. A, a, a new gen- a 21st century version of an anti-aircraft um, weapon. And Gorbachev demanded that, that the United States stop pursuing that or he was going to walk. And he thought he could make that demand because he knew the American press, frank- frankly, favored him over Reagan and saw him as the peacemaker and Reagan as the cowboy. Reagan refused and instead instead postulated that if this is what they're asking up front, then this must be what they're afraid of. They must not want us to pursue this. And who knows if we can even materialize this, if we can even manifest it. 
But the theoretical threat of it has them freaked out. Not to mention, why do they think we can do it and they can't beat us to it, right? Like, we launched our space race to respond to Sputnik, right? So why are they thinking that, we're, that, that we could do this and they can't, or we could do this before them? He smelled weakness on them. And so, knowing that he could kill in the press, Reagan got up and walked out. Said, okay, you're to walk, I'll walk too. Nothing. We're not taking it off the table. And of course, the press howled and everything else. But calling that bluff, calling that bluff, and that took some stones to call that bluff. Calling that bluff was the final nail in the Soviet Union's coffin. So I think Reykjavik has to be on your list. And I think the ascension of Gorbachev has to be on your list. Other than that, that's a really good list. I think we might be getting Gandhi and uh, maybe John Lennon confused because I just looked it up. Yeah, I was going to say, I, didn't, Gandhi I was thought 48. Gandhi was, yeah, I, 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 is it, uh, is, is, he means Indira Gandhi, I believe. Oh, okay. Gotcha, Indira Gandhi gotcha. is, is who he meant. But I didn't know that was in the 80s either. I thought that was a little earlier. But I think yeah. he means Indira Gandhi. Is that who he means? I'm not entirely I'm, sure. I'm, I, I'm, I, I have to believe he meant Indira Gandhi. That's what I was assuming. I'm sorry. Yeah. Todd? Uh, I would have to add... He's talking about events, but there's at least one event that is symbolic of a theme. I would have to add uh, Pope John Paul II going to Poland. He totally revolutionized the papacy in terms of travel. I mean, he he went everywhere, and it, it was an absolute game changer. Uh, the thought of even even the Soviet Union was worried about the optics of not letting the Pope in. Uh, his tri- his trips to America, his trips across the entire world, they, that was a fundamental uh, transformative issue of the 1980s. Next up is John Hensley, who says, if any school board had the guts, they would pull a page from the Reagan handbook and open schools, fire teachers who strike and hire sub uh, substitute t- teachers. Uh, the striking teachers would scurry back to work soon thereafter. Bye. Yeah. Bye bye. Yep. We need more guts, though. That's the operative part of that. Yep. Uh, Bill Kindle he says... He's referencing Reagan's firing of the air traffic AT, controllers yep. is mm-hmm. what he's referencing there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Bill Clin- Kindle says, uh, post office conspiracy is Russian collusion 3.0. Oh, I'm going to sell. This it's not is, that this, good. It's not that good. No, this is... Um, it's, it's Trump moved the... Was it the Martin Luther King portrait oh, yeah. or something? forgot about that. Um, you know... Um, it, it's it's one of those kinds of stories. It, it, it's not there. It, that's not what it is at all. I, I think you're way elevating it, Bill. I, I think it is. It's 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 a lame storyline for the script writers of this show, right? It, this is it's a Brian Bonsell. Do you remember who Brian Bonsell was? Uh, he's the kid from Family Ties, right? Yeah, one of my all time favorite shows. Yeah. Yeah, he's, it, it's a Brian Bonsall. It, it's when you know the show's on its last legs. Yes. It's a Brian Bonsall. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. His first role. Do you remember what his first role was? Uh, Well, at least one of the first ones is What's Eating Gilbert Grape. No, but before that, Growing Pains. Oh, that's right. What, the yeah, last yeah. season of Growing Pains. Yeah. The extra kid that was brought in. Okay. It's a Brian Bonsall. It's a Leonardo DiCaprio. If, if Jump the Shark is an expression, is Jump the Shark, so to speak. You can throw jump the shark in there. It's a shark jump. It's it's not on the it's not not there at all. Yeah, I agree. 
Next is Ted Nuss, who says universities that canceled football will seek federal assistance to make up the shortfall in revenue. Bye. Bye, and they will get laughed at. I'm telling you, it won't matter who wins in November, and they're not getting it. They'll get laughed at. Uh, next, Todd Saffel. It's important to get sc- schools restarted a- a- ASAP so we can get the rioters off the streets and back teaching kids where they belong. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Nice. Well played. Uh, Go Bucks and Cancer Sucks says Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Kevin Warren will see his son play at Mississippi State this fall while the conference he represents is sitting at home. So he's basically saying that his son's going to play and his conference won't. I I would buy that right now. But but if if the odds there was not going to be Big Ten football were 100% last week. They're lower today. Now, how much lower? I don't know. Is it now 90% there won't be? 80%, 75%, 68%? I don't know how much lower they are today. But they are lower today. They, they are lower today. And they're getting lower. So I'm going to buy, because you know me, I, like to, I'll, I'll, I tend to play the odds. I, I, I like the numbers. I like the data. I'll buy... That's still the most likely outcome is there won't be a single Big Ten football game while Kevin Warren's son is playing at Mississippi State. I'll buy that. But I also don't think it is a metaphysical certitude that you won't see a Big Ten football game this fall, as we sit here today. I wouldn't bet that. Yeah, I'm selling. I, I think I, I think at least this group of six is going to play. As long as these parents hold firm, because they've just blown up the Overton window. You, That's a great point. And, and we're not going to be here Friday. For those of you wondering, yes, Aaron got married in December, but they wanted to have a nice big ceremony, and so they're doing it now. A lot of things were closed. Well, things weren't closed in December. Why didn't you guys do it in December, by the way? Why didn't we do a big wedding yeah, in December? Yeah, I'm getting emails from people furious that we're not going to be at work. I thought he got married in December. No, no, because we, we didn't have it. It was just the right time. All right, logistically, okay. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to answer that question anyway. Yeah. I'm sorry. I asked. I shouldn't have, been, I shouldn't I, have asked I wasn't that on even, the air. I wasn't even paying attention. Sorry. My bad. I've just yeah. gotten several people complaining that we're going to be gone for a few days. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was like the people asking if we were going to have a podcast the day that the uh, power went out. Yes. Yeah. That's the power went out, guys. But... Um, um, we're not going to be here Friday, so because Aaron's hopefully once in a lifetime wedding is this weekend, and um, but if we were here Friday, you mentioned the Overton window, man. You want to talk the word optics? Seeing players, families show up at the Big Ten offices on Friday. I know. I have who knows who knows what that does to the Overton window when that moment occurs. I don't. Maybe it may not register. I don't know. It may it may shatter the Overton window. I don't know. But it's something we've never seen in college sports I, before. I, I don't know what the... That's why I, I can't guess what the reaction if, to it will be. If they are doing more than just talk, if they are lawyered up, if they're doing this as the first salvo, giving them a, a chance. Listen, my first experience uh, in my kid's school district, I'm pretty much one guy. But because I've had the data, I've done the research, I have the argument, and I'm shameless, I will use social media, and uh, I have overturned things and exposed things just by myself. If they have 60 parents at half of the universities in the Big Ten who are willing to be that way, we will play Big Ten football this year. I'm absolutely certain of it. Well, they have actually retained the services of a noted NCAA attorney named Tom Mars. 
who's been involved in a lot of sports stories in college football over the last couple of years. And their first action is there is is they're filing uh, FOIA requests. Yeah, we want to see your data. Absolutely. And you have to keep in mind, except for Northwestern, every school in this league is a public university. So everything jotted down, everything and Purdue that is Purdue private too. Purdue. My bad. Okay, so. Um, every one of these public land-grant universities, and maybe that individual state, it might apply to the private schools too, I don't know. But since these are public universities receiving federal funds, it, it applies on a federal level to the University of Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, etc. So anything that was jotted down, shared, exchanged, they are going to have to disclose that eventually, all of it. Yep, that'll be fun. Uh, Constantinos Rodinus says, based on Friday's episode, five jobs or top five jobs Steve could have done if he was wrong about COVID. Number five, math tutor specializing in fractions. <laughs> That's great. Number four, soccer coach. <laughs> Number three, oh, this is good. motivational speaker. Number two, lounge singer. I live singer. in a van down, <laughs> down by, by the, the river. river. Yes. <laughs> Number two, a lounge singer for a UB40 oh, cover band. Oh, red, red wine. And uh, number one job you could have done if you were wrong about COVID. Uh, medical sales specializing in, I'm going to change that to ventilators, ventilators yes. and face masks. Yes. Yeah. That's. You would have been okay. You would have done just yeah. fine. Yeah. Dude, if I'd have been wrong about this, man, I'd been the fluffer on the ventilator porn set. That If I'd have been wrong about this. But I love that list. I love that list. Steve is Bye. my name. Ventilators are my game. That's right. That's right. Uh, you buy that, Todd? Yes. Okay. Caleb Field says, if Trump wins, we will yearn for the violence of the present due to how violent the left slash Antifa will become in major cities. I, I sell that. I think that I think they're like any pretense, any pretense of uh, Trump not wanting to go into these cities because it's uh, because of the optics. He's not going to have to worry about that if he wins. I agree with that was the answer I was actually going to give. It's not that I disagree with your logic. I really believe this. And I know I'm, I don't like to predict what Trump will do in the future. Okay. I'm going to make one exception here because I think there's pretty solid evidence that this is true. I think Trump looks at these cities the way the Bush administration looked at the Anbar province in the 2004 election. That, that they knew they had to go in there and lay down the law. They, they knew they had to go in there and, the, and, 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 and spank some jihadists or worse. They knew this. But there was a great fear that this thing was dancing on the head of a pin. And if you go and send the Marines in there right now, you send them into Fallujah right now, and the Arab street loses its mind, and the whole war blows back against you. And so just when you're reelect, and then right after the reelection, you do your thing. And about 10 minutes after George W. Bush was reelected, it was longer than that, but it didn't seem like it was much longer than that. Very shortly after George W. Bush won reelection in 2004, the good guys went in there and started opening a can. Because now he doesn't care. And I, I, I absolutely could see a second-term President Trump saying, well, okay. And then shortly after November 3rd, Daddy takes his belt off. I, I could absolutely see that. So I'm going to sell for the same reason you articulated, Aaron. Uh, I think it's a both and. So I, I don't disagree with you guys, but I'm going to buy because it's, it's not like lessons are going to be learned. It, they're going to keep, they're going to make Trump do that. And it's because they're going to be violent. 
next is Jim Larson, who says Major League Baseball's rule starting extra innings with a runner on second base will be made a permanent rule for future seasons. I'm going to sell. I think DH in the National League is here permanently. I agree with that. Um, they already were going to tweak the playoffs this year anyway before COVID, right? They had already announced they were bringing an extra playoff team anyway, right? They were talking about were it. Were they yeah. talking about it? Okay, so I, I think they'll expand the playoffs. I think the DH will remain in the National League. I don't think you'll see the runner thing on second base, though. Or if they do it, it will be modified if we have a doubleheader. If we're playing a doubleheader and a game goes into extra innings, then we'll do it. Something like that. I don't think it's going to happen. I agree with Steve, but it's it's going to be tight still. I I actually think it because of the reset of just going back to a regular season actually works in favor of not. They're just going to like say that whole thing was weird. We're going to go back to a level of normalcy. But they were talking about these things before COVID happened. So I, I think they were talking about the runner on second thing. I don't know. I'm asking. Were, were they? Yeah, I believe okay. it was part of a yeah all the all the thing about pitching rules and okay. Which makes so, sense. I, I guess they didn't just like come up with this, you know, blindly right. and say, hey, let's throw yeah. it. It was already on the table. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, next up, we have Dave Peaton, who says if Jim Delaney was still Big Ten commissioner, Big Ten would be playing. They would be playing right now. Bye. Um, you're talking about arguably the most successful, whether you like him or not. And I didn't agree with everything for sure, but there's no doubting his success. He's the most successful administrator post-World War II college sports. Uh, one of the most successful managers in in American team sport in, in any venue, college or pro. And he carried with him a an immense amount of clout. I, I think at the very least, Jim Delaney would have said to those presidents, hey, they probably aren't going to be able to go through with this in the ACC and the SEC either. But let's not knife ourselves and quit before they do. Let's move our schedule back to align with where their schedules are at and and say, all right, smarty pants, if you guys can go, you can go. And then if they can't go, then we didn't hurt our brand and the value of our network. And if they can go, then they they kind of did the dirty work for us, right? Mm-hmm. They went out there and fought the fight and, and got the data and put people out there. And, and we didn't take any political, spend any political capital on it at all. But the worst decision to make is, is for us to quit now and then find out later that it is safe for them to play. The value of your investment in this network will take a massive hit if we do that. So I think he would have the credibility to make those kinds of godfather, politico kind of calls. I will agree with that, with this caveat. The panic porn ran roughshod over all manner of people. I think that likely would have happened because it didn't take a great amount of courage to do that. Again, it was just tactically smart. You weren't committing to playing. You were just going to play this, but... You're just going to play it out. We have seen... The one of the most respected, the most respected athletic directors in the Big Ten, if not the entire country, Barry Alvarez, do the humana humana humanas about the unknowns. You've seen, yes, he's a doctor, but he's a doctor president of the University of Michigan, a national, unlike Wisconsin, you know, a national blue blood, and he was one of the tips of the spear of the president saying we shouldn't do that. If 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 
if it can take out the logic of those two to keep playing it out, it could have taken out Jim Delaney in theory as well. In theory. But I also think your boy Barry Alvarez just did the math, dude. And realized, because I don't have a Jim Delaney backing me up, um, it's me up against the world. I, I, okay. I think, I you're think he just did the Alvarez. You, You're at the end of your tenure. You, I, that's a, it's what we were talking about off air about Kevin. Like, there's, there's no manhood there, man. I mean, what... Your your legacy is locked in, which is why I think if Delaney this, was because of what you just said, if Delaney was here to provide that political cover, then I think you'd see the Barry Alvarez you're used to seeing. I think right now, dude, how many men finish well, Todd? Well, that's my I don't. How many men? How many men I'm, do you know in positions of power that are there for as long as Barry Alvarez has been finish well in any walk well, of life? I still wanted it anyways, man. Okay, yeah. So there you go. Next, Alex Pichardo says Kamala Harris officially becomes president of the United States before Michigan plays a football game. Sell. I'll sell. But do I think there's if Michigan doesn't play? Here's the thing, too, though. Yeah, I'm going to sell because if those other leagues pull this off, whatever the odds are whatever the odds were before that the Big Ten wasn't going to play football in the spring, increased by 100% if these leagues pull it off this fall. They have to play in the spring. The pressure mounting on them now, I mean, imagine if, look at the pressure on them now, and we haven't seen anybody play successfully in a game yet, right? Imagine the pressure on them if we do. And so if these leagues are, are able to, and the Big Ten doesn't relent, and these other leagues go forward and are able to play, I believe you will see some form of spring season in the Big Ten. So that would mean Joe Biden would have to step aside by February. So right, you know, shortly after his inauguration. You know, guys, I got to tell you, I, I think his mental state is so gone and fragile. I don't think that's weird or a crazy prediction. This is actually tougher math now that I think it out and play it out. This is tougher math than I thought. So I'm just going to sell because I don't want that to be true. But I think it could very well turn out that way. Wouldn't shock me, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, I, I sold. They're playing this fall. Uh, next is Weston Kumathi, who says, With the mounting pressure and insane amount of hypocrisy, the Big Ten and Pac-12 will tuck tail and reverse their decision to play this spring. We've talked about this quite a bit already. Yeah, I'm going to sell because of the Pac-12. Yeah. I don't think the Pac-12 ever wanted to play. Look at their players aren't complaining. The coaches aren't saying anything. They're in a part of the country. And if you live in that part of the country, you know, I get emails from you guys all the time. You guys are in a part of the country where you're, you're governed by people very proud to lock down for EVs until the magical vaccine. So I, I, you know, I don't, I wasn't sure they were ever going to play. So, and no one really cares, frankly, either. You know why? Because they don't care. They don't care out there anymore. So they're in a, this is, you know, politically, this is the popular decision in that part of the country. Yeah. All right. So they're never coming back. They did the popular thing. It's the, it's, it's the caring states of America. So sell. Speaking of uh, football out West, did you watch the, the latest season of Last Chance You? I'm two episodes in. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be curious to hear your thoughts on that. As I'm kind of, I'm kind of struck though, by the fact that I, so far I like everybody. And I'm not used to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, by now, I just kind of I hate somebody by now. All right. But this season, two seasons in, I kind of like everybody. Right. So. Okay. Right. Uh, next, uh, Bryce DeConing uh, says Todd will get a vaccine before Steve stops loving pumpkin spice. Bye. 
sell. Bye. There's between the two of you, that's a hold. Uh, next <laughs> is, and that's actually it for buy, sell, or hold. Wow. Wow. Man, we got through that really fast. So you're only two episodes into to last year's yeah, you? Yeah, I just have been swamped the last few days with some other stuff going on at the house. But yeah. I'm going to dig some more in, for sure. But two episodes in, I like everybody. Yeah, Lanny College in Oakland. And it is it is a different, different world. Completely different than the first four seasons of Last Chance. It is. Oh, yeah. It is. And it's it's a little hard to get used to. You, there are some likable people there. And overall, the coach is not a complete tool. Unlike, I know. The, I like the coach. I yeah. like his assistants. I like the players they've profiled so far. You know, the yeah. guy with the kid who's trying to, you know, the yeah. big like Samoan dude. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the kid who switched from wide receiver to quarterback and yeah. called his mama. And I'm what? like... Is this going to be as good of television if I like everybody? I, so I, far, I like everybody. I don't know if I'm being worked by the producers of that show, but what's really weird is that there's, I mean, it, it's a super, super, super progressive area, obviously, of California, the San the Bay area, super progressive. But all of these guys, like, have jobs and have to work jobs yeah. in order to make ends meet, and they, like, you never hear them complaining about Coach is it. very old school too, yeah. man, about work ethic and everything else. Yeah. It's really odd. First two episodes in, I'm like, I, I'm i really rooting for all these guys. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll give me a villain as time goes on. All right, we'll come back. And the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, he's going to join us next. Yes, losing your hair is no fun, so let's talk about options. One option is you could go to your doctor uh, for a hair loss treatment prescription, and then he'll give you one, and you'll visit the pharmacy and try not to go broke while you are trying not to go bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home and get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic versions of those treatments, so they're about half the cost. And then one more thing, not just uh, savings, but how about time savings as well? It's all online. You just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and then it's shipped directly to your door. So let's make the let's sweeten the pot even more. Let's make the offer even better. How about half off your first order? So the big savings, but then also half off your first order when you go to keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S, for keeps.com slash grow. And again, that's keeps.com. Slash grow. Let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? We're doing all right, Steve. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. So I want to begin uh, by I teased this at the top of the show today, and we went through this thread from this uh, former Special Forces Marine uh, who is a researcher with a from Cal and Harvard. So uh, this guy's belonged to all kinds of places that I would not be welcomed or couldn't get into if I tried. Yin and Weiss is his name. And so we went through his his own look independently at epidemiological curves in various countries. And he seemed to show that the virus essentially topped out and then flattened out everywhere in the world once it hit about 15 to 18% of seroprevalence, really regardless of whatever mitigation strategy that you were pursuing in your particular country. You have a piece out today over at the blaze about the number 20%. Explain why that is so important for our audience to understand. So look, this started out 
with the very first case study we had, the Diamond Princess ship, the outbreak there in the Pacific Ocean, we saw that the infection It is kind of funny right. how everything we look at goes right back to the Diamond Princess and nothing's really changed from what Johnny and Edie's wrote back in March about that. Isn't it interesting? Nothing yeah. changed about infection rate, fatality rate, asymptomatic, asymptomatic transmission, um, inherent herd immunity, reinfection, underlying conditions. I mean, everything we knew, we just now have all the data and the geographical distribution, the world experience to prove it. So, yeah, we saw there that you have a tightly packed group of people isolated together, close quarters. Um, really, you know, anyone who's been on one of these ships knows that the cabins are, are pretty tight, uh, tighter than a hotel room. So you're going to have peak transmission, whatever that is, that's going to occur there. We saw it was 20%. And what we're finding in most places is that the virus seems to burn out around 15 to 17%, I would say. It gets a little bit more juice to squeeze out in a more densely populated area. So a Miami is going to be more than the rest of Florida. A Phoenix is going to be more than the rest of the wider expanse in Arizona. But in state after state after state, we've seen that in the Northeast, it's about six to seven weeks that it takes to get there. And then it burns out. Now we saw that in the South. Um, what's fascinating, Steve, is that there is one state that bucked the southern trend, and that's Louisiana. You look at their curve, they got it more in March, April when the Northeast did, and then conversely, as the other side of the rubber band, they didn't have the southern curve that their neighboring state, Texas, got. Remember, um, in March, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas put a travel ban on Louisiana. He actually had state troopers out on the roads to block Louisianans from traveling in without quarantine. And then this time around, the the roles flipped because the theory is that they had Mardi Gras and that spread it earlier. Mm -hmm. So naturally, you're going to get it's going to follow seasonality. But if there's another reason to make it spread to kind of light that fire, the fire is going to light. It's going to get the timber that it gets and the brick wall every single time appears to be somewhere between 15 and 20 percent. New York City might have been a, a few points higher. Um, prisons and meatpacking plants uh, and ships typically the same amount, but maybe you'll find here and there some cases where it's a little bit higher, especially if you have a sensitive uh, pickup of asymptomatic cases. Steve, the the what we are learning is that until the 20%, there is nothing you can do to stop it. Um, most of the time you catch it too late. If you catch it early and really do a full lockdown, you could delay it until you can't any longer and it comes. That's the lesson of New Zealand where, that they're learning right now, right? New Zealand, Peru, Philippines, yep. Hawaii, you name it, southern uh, latitudes, southern hemisphere to a certain extent. And conversely, once you reach the 20% threshold, you reach it. And that's it, which is why you're seeing a lot of panic porn now anticipating the next fight. And they're going to say, all right, well, there's going to be a second wave because um, they can get reinfected because the antibodies only work for a certain amount of time. But here's the deal, Steve. The reason why it's hitting that brick wall is because of the cross immunity that people have T-cell memory that's inherent immune, immune system um, cells without producing 
those antibodies, they have them from other, other coronaviruses. coronaviruses. Yeah. So most certainly, if that was enough to prevent infection or ward off any serious consequences the first go-around, certainly if you have SARS-CoV-2 specific T-cells, that for sure is, go at the very least, is going to ward off the symptoms. Those are the three important things to know at this point. Um, but now, again, Steve, it's not about that. It's a pandemic of, of fear, and we need to find herd immunity to that. And I'm not sure how you how you discover that. That's where I want to go next, because I talked about this last hour. OK, and I know you're a, a sports fan, but you're not in a state that's really big with college football. So I don't know how much you follow that in particular. Um, but lacrosse. <laughs> yes, that's big <laughs> in Maryland. I know. Um, but um, if, if you want to know what would have happened. If the White House had given its bully pulpit to the Scott Atlases, Johnny Nididis, um, Sunitre Guptas at uh, at Oxford, you know, the number, only the number one university on planet Earth. Uh, it, but if they had opened themselves up as a platform outside of the the Fauci Burks axis, IHME axis, and and she was on television yesterday saying, "I wish we would have locked down like Italy." Italy still has worse mortality from COVID than both the U.S. and Sweden. And of course, if we were to point out Sweden to her, she would say, "Well, they they had too much too much death." They still didn't have as much death as Italy, and now their epidemiological curve is over, so she can go to hell, as far as I'm concerned. But instead of enslaving us to this one axis and model and, and, and stream of information for months, what would have happened if the White House had opened themselves up to all the experts that you and I, frankly, got our data from? You and I haven't conducted one single epidemiological survey, one single antibody sample this entire time. We've been getting our data from all these other, other experts that have been doing this stuff as well that have all been ignored, right? What would have happened if the White House had done this? College football is showing us right now. Because what you, what's happened is, since the Big Ten Conference made their announcement and didn't offer any evidence, these other three conferences desperately want to play, and they're from parts of the country where college football is almost a pseudo-religion. But the problem is they need information. They can't just they can't just say, well, we're going to play because our fans, you know, are uh, you know want to play, and we don't care about the players. They can't do that. They need to have some information to justify that it's safe to play, right? Well, lo and behold, they went and got themselves Dr. Michael Ackerman, head of genetic cardiology at Mayo Frickin' Clinic, okay? They went and got themselves one of the leading cardiologists at the University of Michigan. You know what they, you know what these, they got Cameron Wolf, who's the head epidemiologist at Duke University or immunologist. You know what they found when they really wanted to see if there was data out there that would give them the justification to play? What they found is they, there were all kinds of experts out there that were just frankly ignored, would not we're not being let into the Overton window, and they're from some pretty elite institutions and elite uh, and elite medical uh, facilities at the exact same time. And now you're watching the 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 Big Ten is now besieged by its own players, fans, administrators, because it has no evidence. Just had panic porn, had no evidence to justify this, and and all this data and evidence is coming to light. Ohio had half of its had a fifty percent reduction in cases earlier this week, for example, and. I think you're watching in college football, Daniel, right now, 
what would have happened if the White House would have spent the last few months letting the Scott Atlases of the world use it as a platform to bring the data that you and I have been citing all along to light. And you're watching the panic porn peddlers in college football right now in the sports media. And they, they thought they were so arrogant and haughty a week or two ago. They are running for cover right now because in the end, data wins provided it's given the, it's given you know, a, a platform and sunlight to be seen. Look, Steve, the same thing that would have happened had the president relied upon sheriffs and and people like Heather McDonald from some of the uh, few remaining conservative think tanks to talk about crime and to push back against the lawlessness that we see and and actually promote the models of how many thousands of blacks who will die from the BLM agenda rather than having Kanye West and uh, uh, Kardashian uh, control that policy, too. I mean, these are among the things I think that we're going to ask when we get up to heaven. I it just he, he would be in a better position politically. But also what, what I think you'd have, too, is that you would have this competition in the country, kind of like what you're seeing with college football, where at least the red states and red counties would have something to go off of. Because I, I will tell you, because the administration has essentially been drinking out of the same trough and actually promoting this. I mean, you look at CDC, but even more so, obviously, Fauci and Burks, they're, they're going around to Tennessee and saying, you need to shut down. You got the bars there. So they're getting red states to do the same thing. So you don't see that contrast. So we don't really have this self-evident Sweden dynamic where we could say, see, I told you so. And in fact, in many ways, it's even worse because it's not like they had a New Zealand, uh, you know, a Japan, where initially at least they did very good. So you could point to that and then it came later. It sucked from day one because, again, for us, we have tons of travel from China. It was seeded very early and very often. It was there for months. Uh, the horses left the barn. So it was It was just – there was nothing to be gained by it. Um, he had all this evidence. We had such compelling evidence. Steve, everything you and I have been saying since March, really since January on some level, has been true, proven true. Um, this is all about personnel. I don't know why it took this long. I don't know who it was that got Scott Atlas in there. But, I mean, you listen to some of these people like Sunetra Gupta. I heard her on a podcast for 45 minutes. You know, if they feel Trump is she's not the, so, She's uh, the head of theoretical epidemiology at Oxford, by the way, for people. We've referenced that yeah. name. That's who she is. Yeah. Yeah, and I think none of us have ever heard of the Imperial College of London, but we've obviously heard of Oxford. Mm -hmm. And there's there's several other epidemiologists there as well. Um, I haven't seen a single one that has been on the other side. I know. Yeah. You could have had these people, you know, Trump could have stepped aside, just let them talk, go over their stuff, show the proof. Yep. It was obvious from day one. There's a wealth of literature from 100 years on seasonality, on, you know, CDC stuff, how once something reaches 1%, no mitigation efforts work. I mean, this Longitudinal is seasonality. That's a, that, that, I think when people hear seasonality, they just think winter, fall, spring, summer. But oh, yeah. you, you mentioned like you're talking like longitudinal seasonality and epidemiological yeah, you get, curves. You get it when yeah. you get it, and it goes farther south later. And Steve, you mentioned college football. I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. You know, college age kids. I think everyone maybe. Uh, you know, 16 to 24, according to CDC, there's something like 230 COVID deaths in this country. Now, mind you, 
Um, that includes the motorcycle accents and the drug overdoses that they're coding is that. And anyone left over, they're going to be really unusually sick young people. Much more unusual than you find in people in their 60s and 70s that maybe had a really bad heart condition or diabetes. So they're very well-defined people that you could much easier – okay, so, you know, well, frankly, if you have that, you're not going to be playing college football anyway if you have something like that. Um, so it's, it's really zero deaths pretty much. But you look at the numbers, and this is as of 2005, and the culture has only gotten worse. Among college kids, Steve, you look at these numbers here. Every year, um, alcohol-related motor vehicle crash deaths, 1357. Um, you look at alcohol-related deaths, 1825. Um, drugs is going to be in the thousands, obviously. You look at just number of unintentional non-traffic injury deaths uh, from 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 uh, fa traffic fatalities. It's almost 4,000. You send a kid off to college, almost 4,000. I mean, that is – that's 20 times the level mm -hmm. of the COVID deaths. And again, those are a very defined population, very, very defined population. But you look at the polling data. And what you have is an epidemic of fear. I was just looking before I got on with you, Steve. I got one minute. That Franklin Templeton put out. Yeah, we had that on the, earlier survey. on the show. Yeah. So you saw that. I mean, yeah. people people overestimated. That's why we needed at, the White House age. to use its bully, bully the pulpit. The bully pulpit. People so don't get, know this. We can get alternative information out there. Exactly. And now you're people seeing. People don't know this. Now you're seeing what happens when college football conferences use their bully pulpit to do it. They're winning the argument right now. Daniel, great stuff. I know you're on vacation next week, brother. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Have a good time. You've earned it. All right? Take care. God bless. All right, you too. Hey, Rough Greens Vitasmart does for your pet what uh, we do for ourselves as supplements these days. A lot of the good stuff is taken out of our food. So we buy supplements to put all that good stuff, those vitamins, minerals, nutrients, antioxidants, all that good stuff. We buy supplements to put it all back in. Rough Greens does the same thing for your pet because a lot of your dog's food has had that stuff stripped out of its food nowadays for mass consumption and production as well. And you just take a scoop of the powder, put it on the dog's food. Apparently it makes the food taste even better. I'm guessing. I don't know. Just looking at the way our dog, uh, Cap, wolfs it down. It. I'm going to go with his recommendation. I can't say I've tried it myself. But it, I can tell you, though, it does put all the good stuff back in that helps promote your dog's optimal health. If you want to see, if you see an improvement in your pet in about two weeks or less, try the 14-day Jumpstart back today for just $14.95. Again, that's at roughgreens.com slash blaze. Just $14.95. R-U-F-F -F is how Rough Greens is spelled. At roughgreens.com slash blaze. Before we get out of here today... Um, some breaking news out of the state of Michigan. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is going to permit the casinos to reopen. Cool. So in Michigan, and I think uh, thousands of people, hundreds of people, almost all of them, since it's a casino, are going to be in the elderly high-risk demographic, can go indoors to a casino, breathe recycled air, and in a, in, a, in a facility where they're all going to be touching everything all of the time. It is safe to do that in the state of Michigan. But it is not safe for 22 young men who test negative and are already in the lowest risk category for the virus to touch each other playing college football. Complete and total horse bleep. Complete and total horse bleep, guys. Take your damn country back. Good, good note to end it on. We are gone for the next few days. We'll be back at it again next Tuesday. Everybody have a good time. Until then, enjoy your summer. John 317.
This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.